Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to the First Opinions on Films, supported by Hippo Beers, in which we'll be drinking our way through one of the Hippo Beers behemoth boxes, matching the beers with scenes from a classic film. Now, that sounds like a bit of a stretch, doesn't it? It does sound a bit of a stretch, but I reckon we can do it. I, I think we can do it, and I think we're uh, we're looking forward to having quite a lot of fun with, with this new little spin-off series that so, we're going to be doing. What film are we uh, lined up, Steve? So, this uh, this time, and for the first time, we are going to be watching Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute classic. Never watched that before? No, only only, only a few times in my life. <laughs> Um, and as I say, what we're going to do is we've we've kind of matched these eight beers with particular scenes in the film. So we're going to drink the beer, beers along with the film, and we're basically just going to nerd our way through the film, aren't we? Yeah, talking about nerd our way through beers, nerd our way through the film, and if we do have any unlikely pauses, you'll hear the film. Absolutely, yeah, and um, probably fair to say. Spoiler warning: in case you haven't seen the film before, <laughs> uh, we, we probably will be talking about. Episodes two and three. Episodes two and three will uh, get hit. Uh, a part of this. And uh, the second warning is for for those of you that don't like the longer shows, you're getting nothing less than ninety minutes for this because yeah. obviously we, we're going through the entire <laughs> film. We won't be skipping and fast forwarding this film. Yes, no, absolutely. So without further ado, should we uh, should we get the film started and let's... get the first beer into a glass? Okay, so let's see technology. There we go, DVD up and running. Excellent. There we go. So, first beer, Steve. First beer is um, from Marble, uh, and it's part of their metal series. So, this is Ember City, which is a 6% red owl, uh, as listeners would have heard, came in the can. Um, and I thought was the perfect film, or the perfect beer, to, to start the film with. Okay, and what was the, uh, the background to that? There's, um, for me, it was about, um, obviously we open on, on, on this scene, which, which people should now be at least hearing in the background where there are, there are many clocks. Um, many ticking clocks. Ma- many ticking clocks. But as this scene progresses, uh, this leads up to our first introduction to Martin McFly, oh. standing in front of a massive amp. So I'm we're, seeing whether we're going down the heavy metal rock there, through. There, the there you go. There, there ah, you go. In that case, so, so cheers. cheers. Oh, it's got um, very coppery on the nose. It's very coppery. It's um, the flavour's a bit chocolatey. I think. Yeah. A little, little bit so, sort so of like caramel. a cho- chocolate caramel caramel with, perhaps being yeah, used with, with the sort of that chocolate bitter bitter finish that you get to it that's on initial tasting it's one of the nicest red owls I've tasted yeah it's not um, overly I'm going to use a really bland phrase it's not overly red you know you get that sweetness usually with it a yeah. lot of sweetness that chocolate caramel is quite soft I find the red owl quite an interesting style. Well, not interesting, quite an unusual style that it doesn't really. What, doesn't sit what's anywhere, it does it? designed to do? Don't know. I mean, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't never quite sit somewhere. I've, I've, never, I've never had one that I'd go back to again and again and again. 
no. I've got to say. I had one or two which I thought, oh, if I saw it again, usually when it's been on keg or cask, yeah. rarely out of a bottle or a can have I said, oh, I fancy that again. But my initial thoughts on this one are quite interesting, actually. I think I think agree there. Generally, Red Owl's work on cask, they're a... I think it's a style that's designed for that dispense method. Um, but, again, with most of these marble metal series beers, I've been quite impressed with all of them. Now, here we go. This is our our first look. My, Michael J. Fox as yep. Marty McFly. And and here's our first... Uh, we, we should have mentioned that we were going to play a, a drinking game of time this product placement. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're now getting a good look at um, a nice pair of night trainers. Night trainers, yep. Yep. And lots of lots of spoilers in that opening scene as well in terms of things to come. Yes. So the, the yeah. story on the news about the stolen plutonium and Doc's mansion burning down and Yeah. But it only becomes apparent later on. Yeah, on yeah, first viewing. On first viewing you, yeah. you would never have known that, would you? So this is so we're coming up to the moment where inspired you to choose this first beer then. A- absolutely, yeah. He's um he's standing in front of the world's biggest amp. He's about um, to plug in. And he plugs into the world's smallest guitar. And strikes that first chord. Do you know what I never thought about the size of the guitar before? That is small, isn't it? It's like a banjo. It's tiny, yeah. Like banjo is, is that size. to make Michael J. Fox look bigger, do you think? Because <laughs> he, he's, he's not the tallest. He's not the is tallest, it? is he? Yeah. Hey! That's the whole of that room destroyed. Yes, absolutely. Just with one strum of the guitar. And look at those shades. That's uh, the cover up Harvey's face. The classic 80s look. <laughs> denim jacket with collar turned up, sleeves rolled up on the denim jacket. So did you see this at the cinema then, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, same here. It was uh, one of those kind of real moments in time where I, th- I think everyone came out wanting to be Michael J. Fox. Well, I partly did because this was the first... This was my first ever date. Really? Yeah, a girl from school called Claire. Okay. And we went to this partly because I quite like the time travel bit. Yeah. Um, but because she loved Michael J. Fox. <laughs> so I was happy if there was any comparison at that yeah. point. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what attracted me to do it. Probably the old good old advertising, you know, the television spot or a trailer at a previous film. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been... I mean, the advertising would have been completely different in those days because we didn't like have YouTube. Now. Yeah. Did we? We no, didn't you don't have. Get clips on Twitter. And... 1985, we had. Did we have Channel 4 by then? Uh, I think so. Might have just started. So you only had ITV and Channel 4 yeah. to advertise. Didn't have MTV. No. Not over here. No, it's true. Oh, see, again, works perfectly. Yeah. A bit of Huey Lewis in the news. Who doesn't love this song? Well, every time you hear it, you can't help but think of this film. Oh, it's brilliant. This is one of the highlights of the film for me, is this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, oh it, Burger King. Oh, Toys, Toys R Us. Us. Um, as, as a result of this, Huey Lewis was, um, he was actually approached to do the soundtrack for Ghostbusters. As, as well, but he turned it down because he didn't want to become known as a soundtrack as, as a soundtrack artist. So um, that ended up with Ray Parker Jr. 
Which is also another classic film and classic soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. See, there's some more uh, spoilers hints, hints for, for later on. Yeah. So now, so we're, we've seen a little bit of Hill Valley there, haven't we? Just only a little bit, yeah. Just the briefest of introductions. And there's Jennifer. The original Jennifer. The original Jennifer, yeah. We'll so come on to that later. For anyone who hasn't seen the film, this is uh, Marty's love interest. Yes, his girlfriend. Played in, in this film by Claudia Wells. Yes. And there he is, he's getting told off. By Strickland, who doesn't change no. throughout the <laughs> throughout the entire series of films. He, he essentially plays the same character. But they do that with all the films, really, don't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. All, all of the main characters who are introduced in film one are the same characters in films two and three. They are, yeah. yeah. There isn't, they don't really deviate, do they? But they're supposed to be ancestors. They're ancestors or, or future. Descend, there are ancestors or descendants, aren't they? Except where the only one that, that doesn't really work is Back to the Future 3, where Marty McFly's great-great-great-great-grandfather is played by, by Michael J. Fox as well. Yeah, affecting an Irish accent. Yeah. And we, we just missed a bit there as, as well where Huey Lewis actually makes an appearance in the film as, as the judge of the... Oh, we see him here. Yeah. Don't we? Definitely got a soft rock look going on. Yeah. Which was very much in tune with the music that was of that time. Oh, God, I mean, we were at the start of your, your Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> Huey Lewis with his cameo role. Yeah. Sta- Stan Lee of his day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Good choice in that first one, and uh, yeah, it was nice beer. I don't really say really drinkable though. That, well, it's gone. Yeah. Um, so just a bit more. So sweet malt base, contrast, a spicy hot mix of mosaic, Columbus, Nelson Savon, and Waimea. So a couple of new world hops in there as well. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, that was really well balanced. But um, I mean, Marble use a lot of New Zealand hops. In, well, especially in, the, in, in especially in the metal series. Yeah. And especially with their head brewer, because he. He came back. He went over there and came back again, didn't he? Yeah, to New I, think, Zealand. I think his wife's from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really well balanced beer. Yeah, really well balanced. That was, yeah, didn't take long at all. Actually, despite our initial misgivings about a, a red ale, yeah. worked really well. Texaco, get a nice out, out Toyota. So, should I crack open beer number two? I think I think we probably should have beer number two. Yeah. We, we, we might be a little bit behind with where I was thinking we were going to be with, with some of these beers. That's fine. I'm sure we can make up the difference. <laughs> Time's on our side. Indeed it is. So beer number two is um, from Drake's Brewing Company, uh, who are based in America. And this is a West Coast IPA. Um, and I thought that this beer would work particularly well with this scene where we're in now, where they're, they're, they're chatting about Hill Valley and what they're planning to do um, and the evening scene because we're seeing a little bit more of America we're seeing a little bit yeah. more of their, where they live and, and the only way really 
to, to enjoy that is by drinking a beer that is, is from America. Do you know what? It's only when I've watched this film in recent years again, uh, which I do periodically because it's a film I can just put on and, and relax with, how downtrodden the town looks. Yeah. Unlike Falling a lot of American it, films yeah. where it's this idyllic kind of town. It's, this isn't. Yeah. Um, it, it's very much... It's like it's pu- best days are past it. Yep. Yeah. The number on the back of the leaflet about the clock tower, eh? That becomes so important in a while. See? Now, would he have kept that leaflet if she hadn't put her, fa- her number on it? No. Her grand's number. Yeah. I don't know what it smells like a West Coast hype, yeah? I wouldn't have minded that Jennifer saying I love you to me. <laughs> Essex. The cinema is called Essex, Essex. Miller Light. First beer call in, in the background. Now that is sweet, isn't it? Mm. Now what, what's this? Seven point four? Did mm. you say? Oh, seven percent. Oh, I didn't notice on this. Apparently, it's got a rate beer rating on this leaflet. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't notice. Uh, rate beer ninety-seven for this. Wow. And just for anyone who's curious, the last one said not applicable, so perhaps it just didn't have enough ratings. On Ray Beer for Marvel new. series, yeah, it's new, still isn't quite it? New, yeah. But this one says 97. Brewed with extra hops and malt in the English edition, but with West Coast style. I'm just, uh, I, I want to talk about beer, but I want to talk about the film as well. <laughs> so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm torn now. Love uh, Biff's trousers. Yeah. It looks like he's just come back from golf. I just, uh, Biff is, is an interesting character because, in terms of the entire series, like the, the the three films, the, uh, the the metamorphosis that this guy goes through in terms of the range of different characters <laughs> that that he plays is is just uh, I think it's great. Yes, but I mean he's very much the he he's the villain. Film one, film two, film three. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, and probably it's probably fair to say as well in the third film that villain is maybe a little bit darker than in the previous two films as well. So yeah, I would say that. Because it's like he's definitely let he's a bit more probably a bit more stupid, but more dangerous. Yeah, it's a mad dog tannin, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I suppose because they've got guns as well. Yeah, no, it makes it very different, doesn't it? Yeah. So just quickly about the beer. Well, I say quickly. It's probably what we should be focusing on. Um, I just wonder if it's if it's suffered a little bit from that American IPA. Thing traveling to the UK, it's a little bit old, maybe a little bit tired, so we're getting more right. of the sweetness coming yeah. through. Yeah, well, it has got a bottled on date here, okay. And it probably, I think you're probably right, it probably has suffered from by the time it's got from A to B to C to D. Yeah, it's gone through at least four, three or four transit points, hasn't yeah. it? Um, probably at a range of different temperatures. Yeah, so well. perhaps we've lost a little bit of that initial hot bite, yeah, you know, that where it really slaps you around the face for. A 7% West Coast IPA, that's what the sort of thing you get, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what I associate with it anyway. Um, and I don't think you're really getting it on this, but it is still it's still nicely rounded. Mm. That sweetness is starting to die off a little bit for me as well. Yeah. Right, so um, let, let's get nerding here yeah. then. Okay, so we've got the first scene with Chris Glover. And, and he's playing his dad. He's playing his dad, Michael J. Fox. Uh, the t- at the time of filming... Michael J. Fox was actually older than Crispin Glover. In, really? In I this, didn't know that. Yeah, in, in this film. Sorry, Diet Pepsi. 
And whatever they're eating out of the box. Yeah, but I don't yeah. recognise that. Yeah. Diet Pepsi, I recognise. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, and um, Michael J. Fox, probably, maybe this is one of the more well-known facts, wasn't the first choice for Martin No, he wasn't, was he? Either. Um, they had, I think, one of the people they were after was Ralph Macchio, who ended up playing the Karate, Karate Kid. Kid, wasn't it? Um, and the first actor actually cast as, as Martin McFly was Eric Stoltz. Didn't they actually, if I remember correctly, didn't they actually do a, quite a chunk of filming yeah. with Eric Stoltz yeah. playing the role? And evidently there's one scene that is still um, Eric Stoltz. Uh, it's the scene in the when he goes back to 1955 in the calf where Marty, I think he punches Biff. Yeah. Um, that's actually Eric Stoltz punching him. Oh, I need to look out for that. Because now. they didn't, you can't really see it because it's from the back of his head. Oh, I'm still going to look out for what there's I think I remember seeing it in a YouTube video they showed you two images of um, Thomas F. Wilson who plays Biff at the beginning of filming when it was Eric Stoltz yeah. and then towards the end of the filming schedule when he was more tired and you could see he had black bags under his eyes and everything in the scene where Eric Stoltz punches him he's as fresh as a daisy oh and then the scene later on he's tired because they do yeah. the scenes out of sync anyway don't they yeah with the filming so, so uh, yeah, Eric Stoltz was uh, was basically one of those weird things when you get told that someone else might have played the role and you've watched it and you've seen it and watched it many many times in our cases. It's hard to picture anyone else playing it. I mean, it is, but it, there is, the footage exists of some of the Eric yeah, Stoltz well, footage exists, and he does look like they he spent, looks like Michael J. Fox. But they spent a chunk of money as well, didn't they, to get I mean, rid of him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a stick for the budget went on that filming and, and, and moving him on yeah so they, they were already over budget by the time they started filming the film yeah and also Michael J Fox was um, filming it uh, between filming schedules for Family Ties Family Ties weren't he as, as well so he was doing Family Ties during the day and then they were doing a lot of the filming of, of the evening Team Wolf come out before or after this did Team Wolf get made before this and sort of rode the coattails of this a bit it definitely came out after this yeah so I've got a feeling though in my back of my mind it was before it they did it and didn't really yeah. do anything but after this it was like let's get Michael J Fox as much as possible yeah so that was a can of Bud Light if only they rebranded it and brought it out again well there you go and there's, uh, there's Pepsi again different can though wasn't it different design yeah. I think and, and we did miss a whole scene there about Marty's mum talking about how she never chased boys in her day and how she met his, his dad and yeah. all the rest of it which we find out was it was maybe a little bit different in, in a while. Yes, yes, never trust your parents, kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If this, this, <laughs> film, if this film tells you one thing, it's do not trust your parents. Yeah. The story's always a little bit different. This is probably the first film where the word mall enters yeah. my consciousness. So, Twin Pines Mall. Twin Pines Mall, very important. important. to make a note of that. So, this great big car park with shops all around it isn't yeah. it yeah I remember the first I went, when I went to California in 1989 a friend of mine we went to a shopping mall and it was just like the biggest thing I think I'd ever seen yeah with people in it cinema this is before we had all the retail parks over here and but this was my first visual of it not really something that ever caught on over here is it the well it, the, the idea of a I shopping especially get sh- like I said, it's more Complex. retail parks, isn't it? We never, like we never went down the route of calling something a mall. I'm glad about that. So am I. There's, there's too much uh, Americanisms 
in in the English well exactly way these days. Now this is a big moment. This is yeah. This is the DeLorean coming off the back of the lorry. The big reveal with its license plate saying "Out of Time." Yep. And originally, the uh, the time machine was supposed to be a refrigerator. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a car. Um, but the reason why they changed it was because apparently it, it was during a, a spate of incidences in, in uh, America where kids were getting in, in old discarded refrigerators and the door was shutting and they weren't able to get I out. I think there was, a, there was a public health warning about that back in yeah. the 80s or 90s over here where people were leaving them out to be picked up or fly, you know, basically fly tipping them. And they were, that was happening. But strangely enough, in the one of the Lost Raiders of the Lost Art films, yep. they had that moment, didn't they? Yep. JC Penny, JVC. JVC, yeah. And Einstein as well. Einstein the dog. Einstein the dog. Who again was supposed to originally be a chimp. Yeah. But they didn't think that people would believe the idea of a time travelling chimp. Yeah, whereas you believe a time travelling dog. <laughs> Obviously. I suppose, I suppose <laughs> a dog was the first in space. Because the Russians sent a dog, a dog up in Sputnik, didn't they? It was, but also, he's a very distinctive dog, and they've been able to use that in all of the different years that they then film it. Yeah. With different iterations of a younger Einstein. and All using uh, scientists' names, if I yes, remember yeah. correctly, or geeky-type names. Now, the DeLorean, was that, that was, was that out then as a car in 85? It was, but it was universally panned for being crack yeah and impractical yeah because the gull wing doors wasn't it you had yeah all, you know people parking them and they're not being able to get out of their own cars and stuff but which, which it, I think does, it part does look of thinking it does look fantastic though it does i mean in this role here it does look great you see it and you just instantly you know it's, it's a time machine it is it's a time machine yeah although at this stage we as viewers don't know that do we we, we don't know we were guessing, but we don't know. Yeah, we're not. We don't not. know that the high speed of eighty-eight point miles per eighty-eight point eight miles per hour, which means you, you can try time travel. What? Uh, what? And what is the? That's never explained. No. Is it why it's that exact speed? I mean, let's face it. Every one liter car these days can do over ninety miles yeah. an hour, and we don't time travel. No. And I also don't believe that scene that you can build a car up to 60 miles an hour stationary before you release it. Yeah, and he's driving a DeLorean by remote control. Yeah. With a dog in the passenger seat. Dog in the passenger uh, No, driver's seat. Oh yeah, in the driver's seat. Yeah, remember, American car. Yeah. No, the, the, the dog is almost driving. Yeah. I suppose the only other iconic car in the 80s for me, two iconic cars would be Knight Rider, Kit. Yeah. And the General Lee. From the Dukes of Hazard. So, as a film, it actually used very, very little set um, special effects, uh, apart from that scene there. Yeah. Obviously, where the car disappears, and, and you've got the tire tracks in flame, and obviously that happens again later on in the film. But as as we go throughout, there's there's very few other special effects used throughout this. Just as well after they spent. A sick for the budget on the uh, on Eric Stoltz. Get, getting rid of the previous <laughs> actor. Yeah. Right then, so, beer number three is pairing with this scene because, Steve... <laughs> Come maybe, on, this may have been the most tenuous one out of the lot. Maybe the biggest stretch, yeah. Um, so we're drinking Yeasty Boys Pot 
Kettle Black, which is a South Pacific porter. Um, the reason why we're drinking it with this scene that's taking place at 1am in the morning is because it's dark. And so is the beer. <laughs> that's, that's the best I've got, folks, for, for this one. And just in case anyone uh, who's listened to this is it still with us? It's still with us. But isn't sure why we decided to make this even more complicated. Cheers. Cheers. Um, it's because uh, our friends from uh, another podcast, River and Brews, put the idea into our heads about choosing the beers for certain moments in the film. That They did, yeah. We, we were just going to literally go with the sensible way of doing it, which would have been probably to have started from low ABV to yeah. high ABV. Or even just go by what the leaflet they sent with it. Yeah. Could have been just really, just done that. Yeah. But no, we, we thought we'd make it more interesting. It's what I think it's worked so well. I mean, this beer smells lovely. I mean, that's, that's, that's an incredible but nose before we that, get to, What was your final thoughts on the Drake's IPA? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I we, think, we finished it pretty quick. I think it was more multi caramel sweet than I would like from a West Coast IPA. Yeah. It's lost, for, for, for all intents and purposes, it's lost all of its bitterness. Yeah, it's lost that, that, you get from that, hop. that sharpness, yeah. that bitterness. It's lost the fruitiness of the hops, that yeah. overt fruitiness. Yeah. I think there's definitely a good beer in there. If I saw it again and I could get it bang on, I would definitely go for it because I think there's a, there's a good one in there. Absolutely, but I think that's that's what's part that partly great about this box that we've been sent by Hippo Beers is that actually we're getting to try some beers that you probably wouldn't get to find in a normal bottle shop or try. Well, the Drake's I've uh, is completely unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never even heard of the brand before. No. No, I love the, uh, the the time controls. Yeah, in the car, it's very simple. Yeah, and there we go. Just put in the date. Yeah, that why have we chosen that date? Yeah. yeah. What date would you choose to go back to? Let's assume it's going back because this is what this one's about. So, okay. if you could choose a date, or if you can't remember the date, is there a moment? you wouldn't mind seeing or repeating or as in go back to a time and see yourself experience that moment uh not necessarily or something you know maybe it was a you know the last time that freddie mercury played live i don't know maybe something like that oh so that's a point in history that you can never revisit yeah well you've probably actually just nailed it there for me because i I've, i've always said that's probably my biggest musical regret in life is, is not having been old enough to have seen Queen perform live and, and to go and see them live with, with Freddie Mercury as, as the lead singer I would love to be able to go back and see mm. that moment because I, I think from you know from the films that you've seen and the videos you've seen there's that they were one of the greatest live bands of all time oh I think that is without a shadow of a doubt you can, argue, you can definitely have plenty of arguments about the greatest and that will then come down to personal choice but Queen as a live band. I mean, the fact that you know they still tour alive. Yeah, you know, they've got some date, big dates coming up this year. Shows how good they were, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine would be see the Beatles live. Okay. Similar thing. You know, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was definitely too young to see the Beatles live, and I would love to have one of those moments where I get to see all four of them in their pomp and in more probably the early earlier of their phase before the concerts just became screaming. Yeah. I think, I think the other moment, and it might come as a bit of a surprise to, to people that are, are regular listeners, I, I, I wouldn't mind being at Wembley when England won the World Cup in, in 1966. That is a surprise. 
It's it's one of those historical moments. I'm impressed moments. with us. I'm going to say cheers. Cheers. That's that's, uh, that's a moment I wasn't expecting. Uh, but you, you see it. You see it on. You see the original black and white footage. You see the colour footage that they made of it, and you just think, can you imagine what it would have been like to have been in that stadium at that time? With back then hundreds of thousands of people crammed in. I think it would have been fantastic, but the thing is, I don't think you would ever have thought that it wouldn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you, I think you would have loved it, but you wouldn't have appreciated it quite the same way because you'd only appreciate it knowing that there'd be another 50 odd years worth of pain and hurt yeah. of watching England. Then anyway, just, just quickly back to the film. So yeah. he's now. now told us that basically the car's powered by plutonium. Yes, and it has to generate 1.1 gigawatts, Yeah, is it? I don't know what or gigawatt is. something gigawatts. I don't know what gigawatt yeah. is. And so uh, Marty's using his JVC video cam camera. Which we can't miss. No. Is a JVC product. So he's going to record Doc Emmett doing his first travel in time. Yeah. But there's some there's some ominous music playing, isn't there? You always know. Yeah. The music does tell you. I like the way they actually just name check, just say the Libyans. I just if, if they was to remake this now, that that would be the Iraqis, wouldn't it? Or Ira uh, North Koreans? <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be whichever racially stereotyped bad guys they could think yeah. of at the time. But interestingly, by this point, I mean Libya had they had they started becoming a a pariah state? Yeah. I mean, this is 1985. I mean, Lockerbie was, what, 1989? Yeah. So, so, Doc's just been shot. So, Doc's dead. Yeah, Doc's dead now. And now they're after Marty. Who's still holding on to the video camera. And in bright yeah. yellow fluorescent overalls, which makes him really easy to find in a dark mall. Yeah. Gun jam. Oh, he's dived into the car. Yep. Forgetting that... It's essentially a time machine. Yeah, yeah, but that's, this has gone out of his head at the moment. Yeah. So he's, he's just panicking for his life. Yeah. Nice, another advert for his night trainers there. Yeah, night get, night get a good shout on these. They do, don't they? Particularly in episode two. Yeah, uh, much, very <laughs> much in episode yeah. two. Oh, he's just time, turned on the time circuits. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't boding well, is it? No. God, Marty, don't hit 88 miles an hour, will you? No, don't do that. Although to outrun a Volkswagen camper van in those days, would you have had to do 88 In a DeLorean. It <laughs> was, was apparently supposed to be quite the sporty car. I'll tell you what though, we've almost finished this beer. Yeah, yeah. So it's working perfectly with the scene though. It is working. Yeah. I mean, because we've, we've had this before, haven't we? Yeah. We're both, we're both very familiar with the beers from Yeasty Boys, aren't we? Um, is this actually a black IPA? No, it's a, it's a porter. Oh, it's Porter, you said that yeah. style, didn't you? So, uh, a, oh, God, I wish I hadn't read this now. A juxtaposition of styles, fresh and hoppy, yet dark and rich, mind-bendingly delicious, is how uh, the Behemoth Box Leaflet has described it. And it's uh, 6%, rate beer 94. Cool. Not too bad. I mean, I, I don't know what rate beer is, by the way. 
I'm just reading it out. Yeah. I've got no idea. Ray Beers, alien to me. Oops. Oh, he's got. He's hit a scarecrow. Well, he's just hit 88 miles an hour and he's hit a scarecrow. Apparently, there's some suggestion that that scarecrow is um, is a nod to the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy going to this fantasy land. And I could be. The I mean, look. I mean, we've got this big house yeah. with a picket fence outside as well. Yeah. Oh look, and there's a uh, there's there's pine trees. Yes, there's. I think there's only one of them now because he's just run one of them down <laughs> so now we've got the DeLorean in a barn in the hay now that's handy isn't <laughs> yeah. it yeah looks like the exact image so uh, a 1950s comic look has a picture of the DeLorean on the front with an alien beside it in yellow Handily, Martin McFly is in yellow. Yes, with with his hood down. Yeah. He does do slapstick quite well. Yes, he does it very well. Doesn't he? I mean, yeah. I don't think we've mentioned that. He does do the slapstick element of this really well. Um, I think I think the scene that's coming up in 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 a while where he first walks into. Hill Valley in 1955. He does that brilliantly. He pulls off that moment of absolute awe and wonderment. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. You, you could actually believe for a moment that he genuinely lived through going back in time. Now that's interesting. I've never really noticed that. He says, son of a bitch. I watched this when I was 14. He also says, uh, he also calls the Libyan bastards. There you go. There goes the pine yeah. tree. So, just remember that, folks. <laughs> yeah, which which I, I remember watching this with my kids and and thinking, oh, hang on a minute, they're uh, they're, they're swearing. They're swearing in it. Yeah. Because was it is it the executive producer? This this is a uh, Spielberg behind this. Spielberg, yeah. This is what helped get it. Yeah. Made effectively, wasn't it? Yeah, they had the they had the script and for a long time, didn't they? The the, the 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 company weren't really buying it. No, and and then they they sent it to Spielberg, and he was like, "This this works." Yeah, I think it might have something to do with the original. That they what was the original title that they had for it? Spaceman from Pluto was Rubbish. was its working title, and and I think it was Spielberg that said, "No, that's not going to work. How no. about we call it this?" I have to admit, I mean, I'm not a massive car person. I do love 50s cars. The 1950s American cars. Not the ones in the UK, because they're a bit pony. But the 19th, all the curves and big bonnet at the front look wonderful, don't they? So, Marty McFly has just turned up at what appears to be where he lives before it's been built. Yes. The home of the future. It's it's literally just a field at the moment. He's run out of plutonium. That's of right. Course. You just pop down the road and fill up with plutonium. It's easy. <laughs> Everyone has plutonium, don't they? Who doesn't have plutonium? So what beers are we up to for next day? So let's give you a bit of a, a preview for the next three beers. So we've got one from Spain, one from Sweden, which I managed to avoid getting Sweden, um, and then we have Scotland. Yeah. I shall take the leaflet with me. For anyone who is listening, you've got Steve for a minute. Okay, so we've got, uh, we've got Miller in the background, and here's the scene that we were talking about. You can't oh, believe God, during God, this, God, this, this scene this where, he just, where he's wandering oh, look, around. Ronald Reagan is in a film. Yeah. 
seats of 50 cents. Now the town looks a lot nicer now. Yes. 1950s Hill Valley looks a lot prettier In than 1985. Prime. I wonder if they meant to, what really meant for it to be like that. It's very, I think so. It's very dowdy, run down. Yeah. And I think the, the the later iterations of it that we see are quite interesting as it well. It gets very dark, doesn't it? Yeah. Back to the Future Part 2. God, look at that. The car turning up to get the petrol on. People cleaning the car while they put the petrol in. Yeah, I know. I love 50s posters as well. Yep. Yeah. And the clock's working. Look at that. Clock tower's perfect. Yeah, so this is his wandering around Hill Valley thinking... This looks familiar but strange. Yep, and he's getting some very funny looks because of what he's wearing. Yes. As, he as has well. got about five layers on, to be fair. Yeah. It's all about the layers. He's never heard that clock before. That's true. Because it hasn't worked since no. 1955. Hill Valley, a nice place to live. He's definitely... Uh, he, he really does nail this bit. Yeah. Of the confused, bemused, what's going on. Absolute wonderment. It's, it's I, I think, acting-wise, it's probably the best scene in the film. Yeah. Where he, he just has no idea what's going yeah. on. And oddly, not speaking. There's no, yeah. spe there's no talking on this. There's no dialogue, is there? So he just picked up a paper which he said uh, November the 5th, 1955. Yeah, to, to confirm that he's in back in time, yeah. Oh, look at that world, it's a jukebox. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is a recurring joke as well, yeah. isn't it? That he's wearing a gilet that looks like a life jacket. Yeah. I didn't get it, first of all, because I just knew them as a body warmer. Yeah. So I didn't know what they were on about. Oh, look at that, a phone book. My word. <laughs> God, do you remember the old phone book? Do you remember phone books? Yeah. Yeah, I hardly ever found one in one piece then in a phone box though. That's true. Which is ironic because he rips out a page of one yeah. of these as well, doesn't he? There you go, look. Vandal. Fifties diners. There's something about them as well, isn't there? Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's I wonder if that's why they chose the fifties. I think I think it probably Checking it, the whole bright, breezy. Um, we were ten years after the war. Do you reckon that's why they chose the fifty? Because everything looks nice. Mm. I think so. It's a happy period yeah. almost, at least as far as it looks. And here we see young Biff. Young Biff. Yeah. Effectively, the school bully. Yep. And he's sat next to his dad. Yes. And here you can see, actually, you can see how young Crispin Glover is. Yeah, more so than in the earlier scene when you said that they were different. They yeah. were, you know, the ages were the other way around. Yeah. So the, 
the, the concept for the film came about because Bob Gale, one of the, the, the writers of the film, had wondered what it would have been like to... He had his um, dad's yearbook from school and he wondered what it would be like to have met his dad when he was at school. And that's how he created the whole concept of if you were to go back in time and meet your parents. Uh, okay. I mean, the yearbook, again, that's a very American thing as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not something we do over here. Well, oh, well I don't know, do don't, we? You don't say that, we have the proms. We, we do, yeah. We have proms, the amount of fuss about proms now, mate. Yeah. This scene's brilliant. Yeah. Where he's, he's just leaning over, looking at his dad. Yeah. And his dad is wondering, what are you doing? You're staring at me. It's a very practical answer, though. Yeah. They're bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. There we go. Back to one of the earlier scenes in the film. Yeah. And, and this is Gold where... Wilson. We're definitely going to need the next beer before we get into this discussion. But we need to talk about how... Marty McFly, yes, he's just realised he's in 1955. He has no concept of time travel. Yeah. Sorry, there's a Hershey's chocolate, Wrigley Spearmint gum. Oh, look, he's calling double calls. I think that's quite a good double, that yeah. one. Oh, no, George is gone. Right, I'm going to go and get beers. Okay. So have I got, have I got to talk on my own to yeah. myself about the film? Yeah. Well, we've, we've just got lots of Marty running around at the moment. He's, he's looking for his dad. Okay, so we've, uh, we've found George McFly. He's in a tree with a pair of binoculars. He's, he's looking across the street through a window at a young lady getting changed. Yes, and Marty's just realised that his dad's a peeping Tom. You've ever want to find out, no, it? and now his dad's fallen out of the tree. And oh my god, Marty saved him and he's been hit by a car. Mar Marty's just got knocked over. Marty's out, he's out for the count. And George is up, and off he goes. He's running away now. Look at this. Oh, that's shameful. Yeah, your dad's just run off. I know that's wrong. Okay, so the next beer, Steve, that you've selected, and yeah. I did agree with, so everyone knows it's not just you. Is the uh, it's the Spanish beer, the Basque from Baskland Brewing Project, a uh, an amber ale. So why have we uh, why have we chosen this one, Steve? Well, we're a little bit behind where we should be in the film. Um, I chose it to originally go with the scene of Marty arriving in 1955 that that we thought was so good because there's uh, a lot going on in in that scene, and and by all accounts, the description on this beer is it's a complex beer. So I thought the complexity of the beer would go nicely with what's what's going on in in there. And here we see Marty's mum, young, Looking a lot younger. Gotta say, cracking. Yeah, uh, as well. As as a teenage boy watching this film, I, I was very much taken by Lee Thompson uh, at the time. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, I would have been. Equally taken if Jennifer had been in it for longer. Yeah. But she, she's, the, she's the main woman and she's the female lead, isn't she? Yeah. So, uh, cheers, Steve. Cheers. 
So this is the, as I said, the Baston Brewing Project from Spain. It's a 5% amber ale. A, what was it? Actually a second red ale. Yeah, I know. So the, well, it's a, it says amber ale. It says a complex red ale with passion fruit and mango aromas and taste of ground coffee and grapefruit. Oh, let's tuck in and that's, find that's out. That's why I said there was lots going on in it. Definitely getting the fruity aroma. It's got a lovely nose on it. It's a, it's a really nice balance between sort of red fruits and again a bit of caramel, a bit of toffee in there. Not really getting the coffee. Not at the moment, but I've just taken it out of the fridge, so yeah. perhaps it needs a few minutes warming up. Right. Have we missed a bit, the Calvin Klein bit? Yes, yes. We talked over that bit, didn't we? Yeah. She, she called him Calvin Klein. Because he's wearing Calvin Klein underwear. Yeah. yeah. And here's another great slapstick moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which bloke hasn't fallen over when they tried to put yeah. their jeans on standing up. So now again, I think I think in this Lee Thompson plays the love-struck teenage girl perfectly for yeah. the whole of this scene. She cannot stop looking at him. No. <laughs> hey, Uncle Joey's in a playpen of bars. Yeah. I like this moment. get used to these bars kid because of course we talked all over that at the beginning as well that the, the, the scene around the family table was yeah. supposed to be a homecoming for Uncle Joey who didn't get his parole yeah yeah. Sam stop fiddling with that thing and come here and eat your dinner so he, he's uh, setting up the black and white TV yes and it's a big thing isn't it because it's, it's a, their first TV it's a box it's a massive yeah. box Is that a bottle of Miller? That was a bottle of Miller, yeah. That looks very similar to what it is now. Yeah. So I'm presuming they were fairly faithful. I mean, I've never, I haven't seen anything to say that they were being unfaithful to the branding at the time. No, because people uh, they would have put the time in. People would have picked sure. that up, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, because there was an episode of Life on Mars where someone picked up that Red Barrel was on the bar, but the time period Sam was in, it wasn't. It shouldn't have been there. It was too far before it. So again, he's no concept of what he's doing here. No, good. has he watched no science fiction? Well, you, you, you know, you don't. When, when was actually? Your... I suppose actually, the character of Michael J. Fox, apart from the Doc, he's the cool kid. Yeah, but he probably didn't watch much sci-fi before this. So to go back to the first time you see this, yeah, as as, as a as a sort of teenager. This was my first introduction to the concept of time travel. Oh, what was the matter with you? No Doctor Who? Not in my teenage years, oh, I don't know no. why we're friends. <laughs> I'll get me coach. I misjudged I? you. Well, no. You see, for me, I was, I was, there was a bit, yeah, bits of the film, I was thinking, what are you doing? There, there are laws about time travel. Govern this, yeah. Every, everything you do can change the future. Yeah. <laughs> Just a brilliant scene this is. <laughs> brilliant where she touches his knee. And he's out. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. 
<laughs> so many little in jokes yeah, and, just and comments. Yeah. But of course, that was supposed to be his dad. Yeah. That that she fell for. But so he's already mucked up time. Yeah. So, so time's already screwed. Completely skewed. Yeah. Because let's face it, George McFly, at this moment in time, there's no chance. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. No. With with Martin McFly's mum, there's no. There's no way these two these two people cross over each other because she's fallen for him. Well, even just in general, if you're talking yeah. about the characters, he he he's a, he's a nerd, brainy, obviously very academic. Loves his he likes his sci-fi. Yeah, she's none of those. And Their paths don't cross. Also, he shouldn't be there. He doesn't exist in this timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's met the doc from 1955, who looks the same. I I think he looks a bit younger. Not by much. Not not by much. Not by thirty years. You, you, this was before the de aging technology that we now yes. see in in many Marvel films, where they essentially bring back the younger version of the actor. Yeah, I've done it very well. I have to admit, the technology now is very yeah. good for that. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. they did with Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say uh, the start of Ant Man. Oh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Robert Downey Jr. in um, Civil War. Yes. They, they de-age him as well. Yeah. I'm not sure, is that a word? De-aging a word? That's that's the process, it's called de-aging. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Doc's a mad scientist in 1955, Clearly. isn't he? He's bonkers. Well, he's a bonkers scientist, full stop. Yeah. So people avoid him. Yep. So here he is trying to prove that he's from the future. Yeah. Look at his sweatshirt, Doc. Class in 1984. See, I didn't notice that. Neither did I. That's the first time first I've time noticed, noticed that. that. Yeah. Even though he says that every time. Yeah. Cut off your brother's hair. I never even thought about yeah. it. But his brother's hair is already disappearing. Because he's already started affecting the future. Yeah. He must say that obviously the dock came from money. Clearly, yeah. Because there's a big house. Yeah. The barn is big enough to live in. So what do we think of the Red Ale? Bearing in mind that before we, we, we spoke about Red Ale, it was earlier today. And I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as the I, first one. I've got to say, I think it needs to warm a bit. Yeah. It's quite dry at the end, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually wondering if we... Skip ahead to the next beer and save it to come back and, to and revisit this. Come come back to it. Look at that planning. I haven't had any more popcorn yet. I've never had popcorn and beer before. It works. You should take popcorn to the Essex bottle shop. That'd dry a few things up, wouldn't it? <laughs> we need we need to drink more beer. Yeah. I'm not sure we need to do that. No. So Let's go back to the list then. The next one is from Sweden. So it can only be one people, one 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 brewery from Sweden, Omnipolo. Yep. As I'm sure most people have heard of. So we're gonna have an oatmeal pale ale. A very distinctive bottle from them. Yep. Mazarin. Um not really much of a description on this one. 
Does it say not much at all then? No, it says, um, calms a hop yearning without fuddling the brain too much. An extra special pal out. Maybe not RTV4 before it. Maybe not, no, but. So in their minimalist style that they often have, it's just a, it looks like a candle melting yeah. on the front. Yeah. And originally my thinking was that we, we drank this with the previous scene, which was the scene where there was a lot of time travel stuff going on in the background um, and having a fairly simple drink to go with that so we could enjoy the time travel discussion. You mean the nerdy bit? Yeah, we're a little out of sync though. Are we? Yeah. We can catch up. That was, that was always possible Cheers. though, wasn't it? Cheers. Cool, this is hazy. Okay. I said hazy, just for the record. <laughs> So, uh, rate beer 95, a 5.6, oatmeal pale ale. So I'm, assu I'm assuming the, the haziness comes from the oatmeal room. Yeah. 1.21 gigawatts. There we go. That's what it was. Still got no idea what that is. Um, but Doc's now having an absolute meltdown over yeah. it. So you won't be able to play darts now. The car's in the way. Yeah. Oh, a lovely aroma. I'm dropping a popcorn. You're throwing the popcorn around my house? Yep. Because you won't let me um, pour the beers because we're in your house and I always spill when Yeah, you do. So now you're throwing popcorn yeah, on the floor instead. Yeah, popcorn all over the place. Oh, that's sharp. I'm loving that sharpness. It's a real oh. cutting. That is. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? If you were just eating the sweet popcorn, that would cut right through it. Yeah, it goes right through it, doesn't it? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Really enjoying that. I I haven't actually got that much experience with on the Apollo beers. I've had a few now. I mean, the, obviously the famous one I've had is the collaboration with Buxton. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they've done more than one collaboration, haven't they? Yeah, or, they did all the uh, all the ice cream series were, were with on the Apollo. Uh, they do a few collaborations with others as well. Okay, I wonder if I then... What I am missing from my on the polo history is just their beers. Yeah. Just yeah. So here's the all important leaflet that yeah. he had in his pocket that tells you when lightning's gonna strike. Which will equal one point twenty one gigawatts of power. Brilliantly. How does he know that? I'm not sure there's any science behind that no. at all. But so far we're willing to believe that a DeLorean can travel thirty years in the past anyway. Absolutely, yeah. So there we go. No, you can't. No, no. Doc. Because you've already done too much damage. See, look, Doc's realising. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh no. Oh, his head's gone. So he's going to go to school, which looks a lot nicer than 30 years later. It does. The Hill Valley um, High School looks a lot better. 
It's a little bit of Doc explaining the time paradox to him here yes. as well. Basically, you've cocked it up so far. Yeah, can you stop messing it up? Yeah. So, here's his dad, who's essentially the school nerd. Dweeb. Yeah. So, so should we have some Crispin Glover facts while, while we're here? Okay, so um, in Back to the Future 2 and 3, so parts 2 and 3, he doesn't appear in part 3. No. Uh, at all. And he makes a, a fleeting appearance in part 2. Um, he turned down appearing in the sequels uh, because they didn't offer him enough money, essentially. He, he felt as though his character was worth more than they were offering him. So, so what they did in, particularly in episode two, remember he was hanging upside down in the future. Yeah. That that was another actor, essentially wearing a face mask of Crispin Glover to to hide the fact that it wasn't him. So he ended up suing them over that, over using his likeness, and ended up winning more money than they offered him to appear in the films. And anyway, oh no, so I remember thinking. I'm not a big fan of the suing thing. Yeah. But I was thinking quite well played though. <laughs> but and, and as a result, that it was it was that case that set the precedence for actors' likenesses being used in films and that they had to be uh remunerated if their likeness was was used okay. in a film with with or without their permission. So it became part of case law then? Essentially, yeah. So Back to the Future itself setting a little bit of history. It is. Well, I've almost finished my uh, yeah my beer, so I know it's a little bit hazy, which isn't your thing really, but I'm loving the fresh sharpness of it. It's it's got a lovely fruity flavour as well. It's, it's thick in body as as well, which probably comes from the the, the oats that they've used in it. Um, there is a lovely citrusy tinge to it, and there is an incredible sharpness to the finish. It's it's pretty much perfect. Yeah, I think that that. Beer ticks a lot of boxes. Mm. It's a lovely bit of finish. A real cutting bitterness on that finish. So Marty's, Marty's still trying to convince his dad that he wants to take his mum. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he fancies his mum, you know, his future wife, but there's no way those two people would meet in high school, usually. No, they're, they're, they're completely different, opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't they? Yeah. So basically, it's just revealed that he's into a bit of sci-fi. He's into a bit of sci-fi. Yeah. Which is obviously a revelation to uh, his his son. Yeah. And generally, he's a young man lacking in confidence. Very much lacking in confidence, isn't he? He doesn't like rejection. No. A very private person. So there you go. So we've got a uh, beer number six from the the beer moth box open. Now this is a very light coloured beer. So this is a a slightly odd style sometimes. India pale lager. Yeah, I still don't know if I'm sold on that as a style. No, but the only other one I really know of is the old uh, IPL that Camden did. Yeah, which I was quite a fan of, to be fair. 
Um, four point five percent. So quite quite light in ABV, let's, isn't let's it? Let's just call. Let's let's stop using India Pale Lager and let's let's call things a hoppy lager, if if that's what we want to call them. Okay, so it's a Biff is back and being a bully, and trying oh with Marty's mum. Yep, yeah, which Marty's far from happy with, obviously. Yeah. However, Marty's about a foot and a half shorter. Yes. Yeah. At least by the way the shot's been done as well. Yeah. It's done very well, this. Yeah. He's not backing off, though. And, and clearly, he's the only person that's ever stood up to Biff yeah. in, in this school. Because he's from a different time. And as we know, Marty doesn't back down. No. But that doesn't come out in this film. No. That word isn't used. No, but it comes out later on. Yeah. It's make like a tree and leave. Yeah. Biff. Not... <laughs> And, and George has disappeared again, which he's which he's very good at. So, so Marty's still chasing him. Marty now in fifties attire, should yeah. we say, as, as, as well? Not sure about the fifties attire. I like the design of the diner and the cars and the buildings. Do you think they're off with the clothes? No, no. I think they're probably. Back. I think they might be on, but just as well, I'm a fan of it. Oh, I'm not a fan of it. There's a lot of slacks. Yeah. Being worn, isn't there? They had jeans in the 1950s. <laughs> they had jeans in the gold rush. Oh. Oh, his brother's almost completely disappeared from his the His brother's down to calves and socks. Yes, yeah. So now we're, uh, we have... We're at George's house, aren't we? George, George's asleep. Oh, and now we are, we are dating this film quite on. firmly now. What, what's this that Mar Marty's holding? It's a, it's a Walkman. What, what sort of Walkman? Cassette. Oh, it's, it's, it's not Iowa. a Sony Walkman. No. I would have put money on that being Sony. Yeah. Well, Sony or JVC, but Sony yeah. would have been the one I would have gone for. So, George McFly has now just been woken up by those old-fashioned foam headphones on his ears. Yes. Playing Van Halen. <laughs> and, again... Marty has no concept of time travel. He's just referred to himself as Darth Vader. Yeah. And now he's just done a Spock. Yeah. Live long and prosper sign. Yeah. So therefore ruining two future concepts. Yes. Now he's trying to undo the, co the Pepsi Cola bottle just by twist and turn. Yeah, because it's not a twist. Cap. Yeah. But it's the 1950s. Yeah. They don't exist. No. So. Fortunately. There's a bottle opener yeah, right Yeah, George can help out there. Yeah. Darth Vader from Planet Vulcan. So maybe I did do him a disservice. Maybe Marty McFly did know a bit about sci-fi. Well, clearly. Uh, would you have done that? I mean, if you were... What, so what age are we saying that these guys are supposed to be? 18, 17, 18, 19? No, I think probably... I, I think we're supposed to believe they're 16, 17 okay. in, in high school in the States. There is no way at the age of 16 or 17 I was going up to Alea Thompson... And asking her to the dance. Not when she was with three of her friends in a diner. Yeah. Well, even if she was on her own, it's unlikely no, would have no, done it. But no, absolutely not. There's a, there's a quote in Harry Potter and the, uh, the Goblet of Fire where um, Ron says, why do they always go around in packs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. The worst thing about it, if you ever went to a club where you're trying to chat someone up, if girls were in pairs or even numbers, 
They needed to be odd numbers if you needed to talk to one of them. <laughs> oh, chocolate milk. Go, George. Yep, so, so George has got a newfound confidence. Yeah, he's had his chocolate milkshake. Yep. He's got his notepad, which is very obviously in front of him. Clearly. <laughs> Those words came out yeah. all wrong. I'm quite enjoying the this beer. It's very light. We can probably agree on the odd name of style, but yeah. it's a very easy drinking lager. It's easy, yeah, yeah. Oh no! So Biff's just walked in. Yeah, again. Biff's walked in. Okay, so this is the scene coming up where yep. it was, it Eric, was Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Okay. Still. Why is that guy wearing 3D glasses? I don't know. Because it was a thing in the yeah. 50s, maybe? Well, that was the but, first oh, time that 3D was talked about, wasn't it? Yeah. Biff just seems to get bigger. That's really well done, that bit. Yeah. That bit. Right there, where he clocks him, is apparently still the, the Eric Stoltz salt bit. And maybe, maybe they decided that Biff didn't need to be punched twice. Yeah. Here we go. Now, this is the scene of the film for me. Yeah, it's, so this is the reason why we've got this beer for this scene, isn't yeah, it? Because so this, I don't even know if I named the beer. No, did I? you didn't. This is um, Cromarty Brewing Co. Cool Runnings, which is an India Power Lager, which we're, we're pairing with the classic chase scene round the Hill Valley Square effect where Martin McFly has essentially just invented the skateboard yeah so again ruining history yeah. for everybody yeah unless the skateboard was invented in 1955 possibly but you know big musical score at, at the same time yeah. as well he's doing a little bit of showboating there yeah. as well and his mum's falling further for yeah. him because he's taken on Biff and he's invented the skateboard yeah. and he's hanging off the back of a pickup truck all Converse. Of course, because there wouldn't have been Nike in the no. 50s. Was Nike around in the 50s or not? I don't think so. I think he would have been wearing them if they were around no. in the 50s, wouldn't he? Because they would have been just for running. Yeah. A bit like his life preserve. Yes. Yeah. They wouldn't have been casual wear. I, I love this bit. Well, where he's on the front of the bonnet. Yeah. And, and the bit that comes up. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Oh, God. There he goes. Come on, on the skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Into the manure. Yes, and here we have Biff's first experience of the manure. Oh, which again becomes a recurring theme throughout the series. Yeah. Oh dear. Now there's a. Can you skateboard? No, never been able to do it. No. I haven't got the balance. <laughs> See, son of a bitch again. Yeah. It's a yeah. PG. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson has, has gone on from... Um, See, that's, this, who, that's who plays Biff, That's who it? plays Biff. And he... Um, apparently he's known for um, making fun of, of his appearance in, in this film. Um, and... At the same time, he's also fed up with the same questions that he gets asked over and over again well, about was it, it. Was it real manure? One of them being, was that real manure? 
Um, and by all accounts, apparently he used to have a business card that used to give people that had answers to all the questions that they would ask on it when they <laughs> met him. So like a frequently asked question. <laughs> yeah. But he's also got, um, and I'm, I'm going to, I'll play out this episode with it uh, as our exit theme, but he's got this fantastic YouTube video. Oh, I remember you saying about that. Which is about all of the and questions. He sings it. Does he sing it? He sings it, and it's just brilliant. It's, it's basically the answers to all of the questions he constantly gets asked about Back to the Future. Which is, which is just, and it's just brilliant. It's fantastic. Now that's, that's good modelling. That is very good modelling. So uh, the docs created a model of, uh, of Hill Valley. But again, not for the first time. Or for the last time. We do see models of Hill Valley again in the future. Yes. Or in the past. But very well done. Yes, always, always well done. Always well done. I love the term flux capacitor. Yes. That we've now just solved this by putting a big hook on the back of the car, yeah. basically. It will harness all of the lightning. <laughs> yeah, through that singular hook. Perfect. Just have to be really exact on your timing, though. Yeah. Really exact on your timing. You won't want to be a minute late or... Even a second late. No. Well, we're not talking minutes here. You'd miss it completely, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. That's your chance. Gone. Yeah. Your time travel chance is gone. So this is a little test run on the model. Oh, I quite enjoyed that. I mean, it's, it's good. Um, there was definitely a good choice. The, the, the cool runnings definitely went. It's a beer that you're going to drink while you're watching that scene. Like I say, for me, I, I remember coming out of this film... And just remembering that scene above all else, and almost wanting to start skateboarding as a result, so I could do that thing where you push the skateboard under the car and run over the top. Yeah, a little bit dangerous though. A little bit dangerous, but uh, especially if, like me, you were you growing up in London then? Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have been great. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Martin McFly for a while. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Although I'd moved to Ipswich by the time this came out. I was, in, I was in Tractor Boy country yeah. by this point. I was, I was definitely in the countryside. Oh, mum's turned up. Oh dear. Hide the time machine. Yeah. See, if it was a TARDIS, you could just stick it in the corner. Yeah. It's, it's a car. <laughs> well, I suppose it's a bit of a different looking car though from, that, from then, isn't it? Yeah. Again, what, what I think this film captures really well it's just that teenage innocence that you go through of how big a moment it is to actually go and ask someone out. And, yes. and this does, that the actors act that out really well. So she asks him. She asks him to the dance. Yeah, having specifically said that in her day, girls did not chase <laughs> did boys. Did not chase boys. I mean, it's a bit, all right, but it's hard to believe that she hasn't got a date for the dance already. Yeah, because she's a stunner. But the fact that... It's just the way she portrays it, that she's all out of breath. Yeah. And you can tell she's genuinely caught up and excited by the moment. Yeah. Well, I think a man should be strong. Yeah. <laughs> the, the doc. doc in the background here. I don't think I've ever fully appreciated his reaction no, in the background. It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, what have you done? Yeah. 
Because the Doc is one in one of my other favourite films, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Is he? Mm-hmm. He's the baddie. He's the he's the detective. Oh, he make. never is. He is. I never knew that. Yeah. So, next beer. I think I have to go to the fridge again, leave you to yourself again. Oh, really? Already? Yeah. So, we've got a uh, beer from America again. Yep. Uh, Jolly Pumpkin Calabaza Blanca. That's not easy to say. You wouldn't yeah. want to order that later night, would you? Not um, really. I was a bit nervous when it said the word pumpkin, I have to admit. What, you thought we were going to be getting a, a pumpkin a, beer? A surprise out of season. Pumpkin's always out of season. Pumpkin beer. Pumpkin's never in season. Yeah. Barrel aged saison. Aged in a large oak cask and fermented in the bottle. Calabaza Blanca is brewed in Belgium. Bier's Blanche tradition. Spiced with orange peel and coriander, you'll find it refreshingly tart with a wonderfully dry finish. A year-round favourite for sure. Hmm. I wonder if it's a year-round favourite for either or both of us, to be honest. But it's a really unusual mix for a... I don't know if I've had a bottle-conditioned American beer before. Not generally something they do, is it? No, it's very unusual. So we've moved on to the night of the dance then. And so we'll get to... We won't say why this beer has been chosen for this scene until we get to the moment. Yeah, not just yet. Maybe we should um a little revisit of the Basque land, maybe? Yeah. See if, so it's, warmed we'll see, see if it's warmed up a little bit. See, now, now this in particular, surely this whole thing should have impacted in Doc's ability to have produced the time machine. Well, yeah, because he would have, in theory, he should be able to produce it quicker and earlier. But what if he's always had this moment? So there, there becomes a bit of a... I don't want to say it because that becomes a bit of a spoiler for other programmes we watch. Um, I was thinking Flash there for a moment. becomes a, you know, it's its own paradox. Yeah. What chicken and egg, what came first? Was it the dog inventing the time machine or being told he's going to invent the time machine? That gives him the impetus to, to do it. invent the time machine, yeah. Well, I've got issues about the Flash mucking around with time travel recently as well. Again. We can't talk about the Flash because I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of weeks ahead. Yes, that's true. And, and I'll, I'll just spoil the whole yeah. thing for you. But it, it's interesting because in, what is it, in, in episode two of Back to the Future, they do draw a timeline and explain how time which works. Which they then you they copy almost exactly in Flash. In Flash. Which, which I thought, <laughs> if that wasn't a nod to Back to the oh, Future. Had to be. Because it was, you could literally take the two drawings and superimpose them on one yeah. another. Well, um, I still wasn't getting much of the coffee, having gone back to this the second time, the Bastelan Brewing project. But um, I felt like I was getting more, a little bit more of the flavour coming through. There's certainly the fruitiness. It, it's got like hints of bitterness in the background that may or may not be from... The dryness started to come yeah. through a bit more. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I would say on that one. 
Anyway, and just for your responsible drinking, I'm going to have a quick swig of water. Um, and we're now at the dance, which is um, Marvin Berry. Yeah, Marvin Berry playing at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Yeah, that was an interesting so they name had, for an act. They had bloody proms in the 50s then. Clearly, it's, it's, it's an American institution, isn't it? The prom? How did it become an institution over here? I, d I don't know. It's a joke. It's an expensive joke. Right, get the beer forward. Get the beer out. Things are about to get uncomfortable. We're coming to the, the reason for being. Park? That means something else, doesn't it? You can't say park to your mum. I think it does. I think so. <laughs> so Marty's mum revealing that she's maybe a little bit more wild than she's let on before. Yes, absolutely. And she understands the term and terminology park. Yep. And she's now swigging something from a bottle. <laughs> Which she's really proud of as yeah, well. But she swiped it. Yeah. God, that's got some nose on it. Oh, that's a bit cider, isn't it? Yeah. So now Marty's having a swig. <laughs> oh, and his mum's just lit up. <laughs> just, it's a brilliant scene. It's just so well done. Pepsi again. Upside down. Never noticed that one before. So I like the way George is the only one wearing a white yeah. tux. And there's some interesting suggestion here as well. He was just drinking from the punch bowl. In future episodes, you see Biff and his crew spiking that particular bunch punch bowl. Ah. So there's suggestion that that gave him some of the bravado that we're about to, to, to see. Okay. And uh, Lorraine's revealed a rather revealing dress. Very revealing dress. Yes. To her son. <laughs> so, so, which probably explains my thinking behind drinking this beer yeah. at, at this moment. She's now just dived into, well, basically snogging. Yep. And hang on. Oh. There's a realisation there. This is a little bit weird. That, that's not right, is it? It's maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is why I chose to drink a Saison with this moment. Yeah, what did you think when the Saison appeared in the box then? I was a little bit like, oh, oh really? No. Um, it's almost like they listen to the show and know what you like. I'm loving the nose on it though. But, saying that, it has got a fantastic nose. It's, it's very fruity. It's very fruity, it's very zingy Yes. as, as well. But the carbonation's helping that, isn't it? And there's... There's nothing really saison-y about it. There's none of that funk that I, I, I dislike in a saison. You know what I'm really loving? I'm not getting into the coriander. Yeah. Oh, oh, Biff's turned up again. Biff's arrived. This is coming up to one of the biggest highlights of the film. Yeah. One of the big moments. This is a showpiece moment. It's what essentially makes the film, isn't it? Yeah, so basically, Biff has got his henchmen to get rid of Marty. Yeah. And Biff's now having his way with, with Marty's mum 
for all intents and purposes. All right, so Marty's now been chucked in the boot of the car. Yep. Okay. Oof. Oof. More, more uncomfortableness. So Reef is just another term for weed, I'm presuming. Yeah. Because they've all got out of a smoking car. So Mar Marty's trapped in the boot of the car of the band he's playing. <laughs> Marvin Berry's band. Yep. And George has just turned up thinking it's Marty in the car. Yeah. With Lorraine. Uh, oh no. Oh, it's Biff. Sorry, we're just watching this moment now. Yeah, yeah, we are. We've, we know, we've, we know what we're building up to we've, here. We've, we've kind of stopped. <laughs> oh, go on, George. George just swung oh, a punch. No. Here comes oh. a moment that's going to change history. Yeah. Well, well, one of them. One of the moments. <laughs> one of the many. The whole of the 1950s is about to implode on itself. It's the Martin yeah. fly. Come on, George. Oh. I love this bit. Oh, I love yeah. the way they film it. Yeah. The fist it's slowly clenching. It comes back. Bang. Biff's sudden realisation that he's about to stand up for himself as well. Yeah. Down he goes. Oh. And Biff is out. And what you get to see that from another angle as mm. well, don't you, in episode two? Yes. Which is which is great. I think that's that's how episode two is done so well. Oh, yeah, but there's certain bits of episode two which shouldn't exist. Well, yeah, we'll, but, we'll, we'll come on to that. Let's, let's, the film. Let, let's get to the end of this one first, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover off parts <laughs> two and three. And suddenly a whole load of people just suddenly appear. Hmm. Why are they not in a dance? Yeah. They've all come rushing out to see Biff lying on the floor. Yeah. So, is it, well, I get confused. I, I think he sold his wallet. <laughs> But the picture is still disappearing. Yeah, his sister's now Why halfway vanished. Yeah. So he has what, about, so it's four minutes past ten the clock, isn't it? Yeah. So he's got about 33 minutes. To, to do what he needs to do and get to the start line. Yeah, but there's no point getting to the start line unless he's got his mum and dad together. Exactly. If they don't kiss, don't matter what he does. Yep. Oh, of course we do. <laughs> At least he's got a proper size guitar now. Yeah. I do like 50s music. Yeah. Right to me. Oh, the, the soundtrack to this is just incredible. Yeah. It's, it just... It I think it works so well you, with the film. Because you span two different decades as well, don't you? Yeah. 
Oh, really? Come on, George. Come on, you've just you've just decked you, Biff. You've decked Biff. Come on. And look, Marty's disappearing. He's Come on, vanishing before yeah. our eyes. It's interesting because we were saying there were no spe- hardly any special effects used in this. And we're about to see one of the worst examples of the special yeah, effects. Yeah, this is rubbish. Was used the the disappearing hand. Yeah. <laughs> Look yeah. at that. That's dreadful. That one. They would have been better off just having nothing there. Yeah. To start off with. Just or just keep looking at the picture. Yeah. Slowly disappearing. It's just come like... on, George. Yeah. Oh, George is pushing everyone George around is a now. Big hero now, isn't he? Oh, Look. come on. Go in for it, George. Go on, George. There he goes. And all of a sudden, Marty springs back to life. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment that the song's at its peak as well. (laughs) I have to admit, I'm really enjoying this beer. I'm actually really enjoying it as well. So although you chose it because it may be a slightly uncomfortable beer for you to go with a bit of an uncomfortable moment yeah. between mum and son in the car, this but, is a bit like this moment. It's turned out really it's, well. Yeah, it's worked to the point where actually <laughs> it's, it, everything's good. I've got to say though, in terms of the range of beers that we've, we've had in this box... It's a good range. It's a really good selection of beers. You, it's a good you're mix. getting to try... A little bit of everything. Yeah, it's a good mix of beers. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely thank, thank, thank the guys for this one. So I would not, I would, if I was in a shop, I would not have picked this up anyway. I wouldn't have done. I would have picked up something which said, artisan white ale, refreshingly tart, wild saison, coriander. No, that that would have been well off of my list. So here we go. He's going to muck up history again. Yeah. It is one of the classic 50s tracks, though. It is, and it's a good job that the band is led by Marvin Berry, isn't it? It is, it is. If only he was related to someone else. Well, who knows? Now, did he sing this, or did someone else sing it I think so, I think, because he's a musician as well, isn't he? Or he was a musician. Yeah. Um, And I think he genuinely did this bit, yeah. Because this doesn't look synced. No. You can you can tell when it sings, can't yeah. you? Well, that's a bit annoying, then, isn't it? So you can sing and act and play yeah. guitar. Nah. Probably don't like him, really. <laughs> <laughs> so now all of a sudden, so George is now this big hero yeah. that everybody wants to know. Yeah, stand for class president. Yeah. He he knocked out Biff. He's got the girl. And now everyone wants to yeah. know him. But so he has, so he's got his mum and dad back together, but in a completely different way. Yeah. By George being a hero. Yeah. So that that might have an impact in the future. Yeah. As opposed to being a peeping tom knocked yeah. over. Yeah. By a car. And, and while we've been chatting, to Marvin has just phoned his cousin called Chuck. Chuck Berry. And um, who obviously then goes on to record this song. Obviously, my uh, Marty didn't uh, trademark it. Clearly not. Yeah, amateur. He's getting a little bit carried away on the old electric guitar now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's gone all eighties on the electric guitar yeah. now. He's getting very strange looks by all 
Loving the white socks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was very 80s. Yeah. We're now kicking over amps and... So he's essentially having the moment that he was denied at the beginning of the film, isn't yeah. he? That's what he wanted to do. first time I've realised that, yeah. yeah. That was his moment. Yeah. I've got to play it live now. Oh, there's Strickland. Pretty much looking the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Went down really well. Went down exceptionally well. Actually, On a, that's possibly to this point my favourite bit. The highlight, yeah. I think I think actually in if we put aside trying to match films with certain scenes in, in films with beers? Beers with scenes in the film? Scenes, yeah. All the right words it in the wrong worked order. at the right place. Yes. After all of the other beers that we've had because it, actually what it's done is it's kind of cleansed the palate a little bit. It has bit. cleansed the palate and there's a good reason why we need the palate cleansed. There is because there's a, a, a big beer coming yeah. up to, to finish with. Yeah, we're coming back to England for the next beer. We are. So we're going to Weird Beard Sadako. And for those of you not familiar with this beer, it's a 9.2 Imperial Stout. Oh yeah. And thankfully, Weird Beard thought the best thing to do with this is to put it into a 660 bottle. And, and to wax seal it as well. Yeah, we, remo we, we removed, removed that earlier. You removed that earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, only, I've only cut one finger off doing yeah. the wax seal. Cheers. Cheers. So I've uh, cracked open the weird beard. And, um, God, it's got some nose on it. Oh, oh, oh. Is, isn't it? It smells lovely. So is this, is this barrel aged? I don't it's know. It doesn't say on the leaflet. Let's have a little look on the... Uh, uh, this is brewed with a base of 10 different malts. Hide your phone. Drink with sumptuous dessert and one eye looking over your shoulder. Nothing about barrel aging on here. It must have been barrel aged. For them to have wax sealed it... No mention though. Mm. Okay, so probably the pivotal scene in the movie now. Yeah. Mark, Mark is going back to the future. He is. And um, so he's uh, just looked at the picture. Him and his brother, his sister, are all whole again. Yep. So um, setting the time circuits. So this is the bit that always gets me. It's that, that whole time paradox thing. It's it'll be like you've never left. Yep. But you'll have a memory of heal. The doc now has a memory of this happening. Yep. So when when he gets yeah, but that goes back to Doctor Who. He's now part of the events. You can't not remember it when you're part of the event. Right. Sorry. No, that's that, that's that's fine. It's just in, Do in Doctor Who. Once you become part of the event, you 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 remember it. That, the whole paradoxical thing just gets me time after time. I think it gets you the more you watch it. Yeah. I've, I've still not actually tasted this beer yet. I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I just realised the same thing. It. I was just smelling it. I thought, I should probably taste it at some point. Just, oh, I mean, it just, it's got, it just looks great it's as well. Great, it's a great end of evening beer to have at 10 to 5. <laughs> I had to admit, if I'd, um, ordered this box and I'm looking through it thinking oh, I don't know any of these and then suddenly I pull out 
a weird big nine and a half percent MP style. Yeah. I'd be pretty chuffed with that. I'd, I'd be happy with this box as well. It's a it's a big it's a big finish to the box. Yeah. Because even without the film, without you had if you were doing the box in order, yeah, this would still be your last bit. You, you would do this, yeah. I mean, this was always going to be our last bit before we even felt. Let's see what is he trying to do? He's trying to change he's history. Trying to warn the doc about what something that might happen. The doc's dead, Marty. Yeah. You can't tell him he's going to be dead. Oh no! The tree's just fallen on the wire. We've got six minutes to go. Does this now happen in real time then? I was just about to ask you that. Moment. So let's have a look. Okay. Because it's always felt like quite a tense scene. Yeah. It's I'm, done really well. I'm putting the stopwatch on to, to see if it's done in real time. Because if it is, that just adds another level to this it movie. Can't be far, it can't be far off. Because this is a big finish. I mean, the film is a it's a big build with a small middle and a big finish. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that typically kind of perilous finish as well. That will they, won't they? Is it, is it going to happen? You always assume it is going to happen, but it's done so well. But there are moments where you think, oh, he could miss this. Yeah. He could miss this moment. 10.04 is now one minute to 10. And, and there's the moment where he connects it and then it becomes disconnected again. At the bottom. And it's like, he's, he's like going face. nuts because he's trying to <laughs> get to it. No, no, you can't tell him about the future. Come on, Marty. Surely you've worked it out by now. You're rubbish at this. Oh, so we've got four minutes. Marty, get in the car. Don't ruin the doc's next 30 years by telling him he's going to die. And, and there's a thing here, and there's, there's, there's a suggestion in other time travel movies as well, that sometimes time will push back against itself. So if you're about to change a moment in history, time will stop that from happening. Yeah, that's one of the central themes in Doctor Who. There's fixed points. Yeah. There's things that can't be changed and you shouldn't try to change. And even uh, even other races seem to know that in Doctor Who. Yeah. So there's fixed points. This is uh, this is incredible. This is but, fantastic. By the way, it's like silky smooth. It's in the right kind of glassware now. It's sweet as as well. Nice big brandy glass type. Yeah, you, you need you need that sort of glass yeah. for. A, Would you like a top up? Yeah, let's have a top up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ho hopefully it's calmed down a little bit because you were having some issues pouring it, weren't you? That's a oh, it's still lively. Yeah. It's a lively beer. That's oh, lovely though. You know that the, I mean, the the head isn't white, is it? It's creamy brown, isn't it? <laughs> Yours certainly yeah. is. It's filling half the glass. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like going back to the old Boddington's adverts at the moment. Have you got a yeah, flake? Got a flake in there. <laughs> yeah. So, so Marty's just realised that he's, he's in a time he's machine. In a time machine. But what did he do? He just goes back 10 minutes. Yeah. Give yourself a bit more time. Give yourself some leeway. Yeah. Look. All right, 11 minutes. 11 minutes. Oh no, the car's just cut out. 
this the, and this was a nod to the fact that apparently DeLoreans are unreliable. Yeah. So that scene was was saying, yeah, look, we'll give you that. Although ironically, in Doctor Who, he often hits the TARDIS console to get it going. Yeah. Okay. I would just bangs it with a sphere, so he's got like almost like a, a mallet nearby, and he'll bang it. Even in the classic series, he would give it a bit of a knock just to get it going. Yeah. Not that I'm looking for syncing and synchronisation with Doctor Who at all. No, but there's... Surely there has to be some... In this world of time travel that doesn't really exist, there has to be some laws to time travel, doesn't yeah, there? Yeah, there, there must be a nod to the other programmes. It's like, you know, certain certain programmes set, 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 set the genre, don't they? Yeah. They I mean, set got, the rules. Got going back to the Marty doesn't understand time travel... No, he's rubbish. If, if you... Well, randomly, to go back in time now, would you know that there were certain things that you shouldn't do? I'd lock myself away. Would you not want to have a little look around? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll rephrase that. I should lock myself away. But curiosity would get the better of you. Oh, yeah. It? I think I'll try to avoid bumping into my parents, though. Especially having watched this film. Mm. Yeah. And really, you don't really want to see your parents. No. Courting, dating. I'm just going to come back to the, the soundtrack and the score to this is just so good. So and think, it goes so well with a film. I think people underestimate the score. Yeah. Because when I was trying to get tickets for um, Doctor Who at the Proms a couple of years ago, and someone said to me, well, what music? Especially these days, there's nearly enough, apart from certain scenes where they go completely silent in yeah. certain programmes. There's always a, there's always a tune. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to watch this film without the score. This this not this film. This scene without the score to see if it was anywhere near as dramatic as it actually is. So yeah. I don't think it would be. No, it's the music. We're building. Yeah, All and, and the music's building. building as well. Yeah, we're, we're two minutes. So how are we doing on real time at home, Steve? I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to hang we're, on for a second. We're, we're coming up to about three minutes past ten almost yeah. on the clock on the on the tower. And the doctor's about to save the day. He's realised he can get down to the other bit. Marty's hammering the DeLorean down the yeah. down the street. Trying to get up to 88.8 miles Luckily per hour. there's no one around, really. Yeah. As to see this strange car race oh. down the street. Fortunately, they're all at the dance. Yes, all of them. Even the parents. Come on. Okay, so Doc's... He's there. He's, he's there. He's connected it. There's the lightning. Bang. Mate, without no shit. <laughs> I never knew that before. That was bang on. That is real time. It's real time. How did, we, how did we never know that before? It's six minutes long. And it was two minutes to ten on the clock. Yeah. That's just made this film even better for yeah. me. Is that they real timed the most important scene in the whole film. It's strange, I've never heard that reference though. No. Maybe we're the first. Premier. Maybe this is opinions. <laughs> a world first. That but that scene was I real time. I wonder why I've never thought about it before though. The amount of times I've watched this film in the last 30 years. I can't believe that. I've never noticed. I cannot. I, I, I'm genuinely shocked. Wow. And now we've skipped forward. So we're back in 1985. 
And it looks all dowdy again. Well... Even at night. But not as. Nah, only because it's darker. Yeah. It's dirty. California raisins, another another kind of, another uh, yeah. product placement. Now this is a trope that loads of writers use: is a drunk tramp seeing something they can't quite believe, <laughs> and then look at their empty <laughs> bottle. It's like that, that's used yeah. so often, isn't it? And apparently, going through time travel in this makes your car freeze. Makes things freeze, yeah. But Marty's back. He's back. Back to 1985, where he should be. And he's got time. He's got time. If only... Only he'd put himself in the Look. right place. Look. Now you're going to have to run. Oh, no. Oh, no. And There's the Libyans. There's the Libyans in the Volkswagen van. So you can't catch them up now. No. Even, you're going to be on foot as even well. Even on your local knowledge. And he's got his Nikes back on, yep. Yep. No. There's no, no way you were going to catch them up. 11 minutes. That was yeah. rubbish. And also, if you're running, get rid of them. And, and we're now at Lone Pine Mall. Yes, rather than Twin Pine Mall. I wonder why that is. Why didn't he get rid of the body wall while he was running? I, I would have had to because that would have been yeah. too hot. So we're now seeing the dock being shot by the Libyans yeah. from a different perspective. And this for me is where I start getting confused with time travel because we're now in a loop. He's seeing himself in what's already happened. Yep. So that now will always happen in... It loops on itself the whole time. Yeah. This is now, this is, becomes almost a fixed point. Yeah. But fortunately, even from a different angle, we get to see JC Penny again. It's a good job that, really, yeah. isn't it? And there goes the DeLorean. And we get to find out what happened to the Libyans. Doesn't go well. No. Doesn't explode, though. No, but apparently crashing into a booth and falling over is enough to... To get rid of them. Knock them both out, maybe. Because otherwise they would have noticed that yeah. <laughs> he's, he's alive. Yeah. Oh, but... Hold on. Hang on. Hang on, Doc's not dead. Why is the Doc not dead? What's happened there? He was dead earlier. He looked dead. And just one, one of those moments in a film where you're just like, yes. stuck the letter back together the, the letter which told him all about his future which he shouldn't have read and Marty shouldn't have written it could have created a time paradox what the hell as a scientist no you can't just go what no. the hell absolutely not so Marty's home To be fair, we, we agree with the round number. Yeah. Round numbers are good. So, 1985, he went 30 years in the future. 
till 2015, which is two years in our past now. It is, and there's there's a lot of discussion as to if, if you're going to make a time travel film, should you go far enough in the, the future that the you'll generation, never get to it? Yeah. The, the generation that watched it will never actually get to it. But in 1985, to be fair, 2015 did seem a long way off. It did seem a long way off, but... I was at school. I said it was my first day in... 2015? Right, 85, I was... I was 13 Right, so you had only... You were only two years into secondary school. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's but I would say that a lot of people probably know that now. When they're making these kind of films, go far enough, or... To at least skip a generation. Yeah, yeah. or don't change stuff. Yeah. So, we've now got the classic scene of Marty in bed. Yeah. Well, he wakes up after his adventure. In the same position, yeah. every time. Which is a really weird position. Yeah. Thinking it's... Oh, well, that was an interesting dream. Yeah. How's the, um, how's the Sadako going at this point, by the way? Amazing. Yeah. It's Absolutely amazing. It's actually the perfect finish to the film. Yeah. Well, hang on. Marty's house looks a lot less beige than it did before. Yeah. It was very beige before. Oh, look out. His brother doesn't appear to work at a fast food joint anymore. No. They're all having a healthy breakfast. Yeah. Fruit, grapefruit, croissants. Yeah. So Mark, Marty's now confused again. Yeah. See now, there again is a paradox thing. Surely they'd recognise him from their youth. They'd have memories of having met him. I'm sure there's something again from my Doctor Who that explains this one, but I can't remember what it is. That's always the thing that gets me with this. It's that they would remember him. But he was a pivotal moment in their lives. He brought them together. Yeah. So how do they now not recognise him? Oh, and he's a very submissive Biff now. Yeah. Like a shadow of his former self. Yeah. Okay, so they're putting it all down to Biff. Yeah. Has been the. Uh, so, so Marty didn't exist in that timeline then. Not in their memory. Would you like another top up? Steve? I'd, I'd love. I'd love some more of this beer because it's a. Uh, it is finishing. This film perfectly. And of course, it's the car that he saw at the beginning. Yeah. That he longed for. The, the uh, Toyota. Yes. Which we don't get to see in this scene. No. Oh, no, there we do. 
Oh, but we get to see Jennifer again. We do get to see Jennifer, the original Jennifer. Yeah. Let's, let's just refer. Yeah, the original Jennifer. To that. To probably mention that at this point that we, we did mention earlier on that she she was Jennifer in this film, but then the actress changed was it for Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. So so, so that, the, the the girl who went on to be in Cocktail. Yeah. So um, Claudia Wells, who's in this film. Um, her her mum had cancer, so she gave up acting to look after her mum, and she never she never ever came back to acting, and she was replaced with um, Elizabeth Shue. For, oh, okay, for the, she never came back at all. No, no. So and obviously they then had to refilm this scene. This scene is different, isn't it? At the beginning of Back to the Future, Back to Future Two. Two, yeah. Oh, Miller again. More Miller, yeah, and Mr. Fusion. I'm sure that. That's got to be a brand, hasn't it, for the, the, the amount of screen time it got there. So we no longer need plutonium. No, because we've been, up the we've been to the future and it's got a new... It recycles. Energy system. So you're going to go to the future and muck around with time? Yeah, but you can't impact on the future can you because it's not happened you can because then you find out about your own future yeah we don't need roads <laughs> love that's one of the quotes yeah it's the way he delivers yeah. it isn't it well we're game we don't need roads oh there we go mate that's been a great cheers ride through back to the future so just while the uh, the credits are playing and we're finishing off the Sadako. Billy Zane? Yeah. The guy in the... What part did he play? He was the guy in the... Uh, he was one of um, Biff's crew. Was he? Because he yeah. was in Titanic, wasn't he? But he's more prominent in the next two films. Yeah, okay. So, um, never intended to have a sequel. It was only ever intended to be a singular film. But because of the success of the first film... It made something like um, 900 million. What Which was, was way exceeded their budget. It was like made for a, a hundred million. Yeah. And it made 900 million. So they that they decided to make sequels uh, as a result. But so, so what we saw there was when we saw it originally in our teens, that was all we were ever going to expect. End. And then all of a sudden they created two sequels, which they filmed at the same time and then released I think they were released a year apart weren't yeah, they yeah so they filmed two and three together didn't yeah. they they released them year to 18 months wasn't it I think? yeah yeah. so now you're not a fan of episode two are you no of part two of it I'll, I'll go back to when we discussed uh, a beer recently uh, Cannibal Rum you've always described human cannonball as the uncomfortable middle child yeah and I would say that Back to the Future part two is very uncomfortable middle child it really doesn't know where it's supposed to be sitting. Uh, there's part of me that agrees, but uh, we've had this discussion a few times before, that there's a scene in particular in Back to the Future 2 that without it, you don't get what the trilogy's about because I, it, it's that timeline I thing agree where they a, explain what has happened. As a link, it yeah. works really well. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't stand up as a film zone. No, I think if you were to, to put that out there on its own, it, it would make no sense no. whatsoever. And it's not as entertaining. And it's ridiculous. I mean, I love the fact that they do the whole skateboard scene again. Yeah. That's great. But the whole 
going and seeing his family and himself in the future and what a failure they've become and, and yeah, all the rest it doesn't, of it. It doesn't fit at all. It only gets good when it goes back to 1955 again. Yes. And, and then, then we start seeing the other perspectives that you, you were Yeah, yes, yeah, so what we've already just seen here, we see it all again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that works really well. Yeah. But as a, as a film on its own, no. And even, even Spielberg compared it to... Um, he said, uh, episode two is the Temple of Doom of the series, as in it's a dip in the trilogy. Ooh. <laughs> Temple of, yeah, I suppose I know where he's coming from. I mean, Temple of Doom out of the first three Raiders probably isn't the yeah. best. To be honest, there's very few trilogies, though, I think, where the second film nails it. Probably the only time I think it happens is Empire Strikes Back with Star Wars. Where I think that as a film, even on, on its own, you don't need to know much about one or three. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But let's, if, if we think about this series, you think about the three films as, as they are, logically it all works, doesn't it? It all comes together th- in the end. If you watch all three films... Back to back. Back to back. I don't think you'd notice uh, so many of the failings in number two. No. Because you knew that number three was about to appear. Yeah. And, and you, you got to see, you saw a lot of number three at the end of number two as yes. well, didn't you? I suppose what number three does really well is number three is probably the most standalone yeah. of all the films. Yeah. Can you just point out how quick are credits back in 1985? Well, that's because they haven't got all these uh, spoilers for other films in them. Yeah, I suppose so. But that, that happened really quick. So. That did happen really quick. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a classic in itself, Back to the Future. Yes. Um, there, are, there are two other film, films in the series which we've been discussing. Yeah. The, the series works really well. Yeah, I think that, I mean, bearing in mind that they only did the first film as a standalone film to suddenly create two and three off the back of that. Like I said, I think two works, is part of a trilogy, doesn't work so well on its own. I think three is excellent, though. Three's a great, no, three works on its own. Yes, for me. Because could... 95% of it is purely Western. Yeah. It's purely set in the Wild West. And the, the whole Clint Eastwood thing. Yeah. And works really well. Just, that's just brilliant. I three mean, that's... Yeah, it's it's just it's great. I mean, it, and it brings the the series to a great close. Although there's there's always been a little bit of me that's been like, yeah, but what happened next? Yeah, because, when the dot went well, off on the train. Effectively, they're all alive. The dot yeah. goes off on a train. Um, there are still things happening in the background. You think, oh, there's still a story there somewhere. Yeah, and there's always been rumours about doing a Back to the Future Part Four, hasn't there? There, there has, but. By all accounts, so Zemeckis and Gal, the, the, the two producers of this, have said that as long as they are still alive, because they own all the rights to it, so they've said as long as they're still alive, there will never be a part four or a reboot of Back to the Future. But actually, it's therefore it's possible within our lifetime, our lifetime they may pass on and those rights pass on to somebody, and actually we may see a reboot of it. Would, would you want to see that? Would you want to see it redone? Or would you want to see a, a part four where we had... I would want to see it redone. Marty's great-great-great-grandchildren. I would want to see it redone. I, no, I don't know. I'd still want to see Marty and the dog. I, I don't think you're going to see that. But So, so is, is, is this one of those films that actually... Leave just alone. leave it alone yeah. because it's a classic of its time yeah in that case yes I would say yes leave it alone don't muck around with it why would you no it's pretty much perfect yeah yeah well, I would leave it yeah. exactly where it is 
Well then, mate. Well, this has been enjoyable. It's been different. How's um, how's your Starco doing now? It's um, almost gone again. Still, still <laughs> just sipping it down the the velvety smoothness of the. It is the perfect end of evening beer. Like I said, we're drinking it a little bit earlier than evening. We, we are, but it still works. It still works. It's it's just delicious. It's got some great carbonation on it without being. It's not like overtly. It's, it's not overly carb, but it's got life, hasn't it? And and that's what that's what helps it. It really yeah. lifts it, doesn't it? Yeah. So hopefully you've all enjoyed the first opinions on films. Um, this is something that we're going to do on a quarterly basis with Hippo Beers. We'll be featuring a Behemoth box and we'll be drinking it along with a with a film. Um, but we'd like to give our listeners the chance to actually. Um, Get involved. Yeah, choose the film. In, in this, so to choose the film that we're going to drink next time. So we're going to drink. We're going to drink a film, or we're going to Dr- watch a film. I tell you what. Why don't we drink a beer and watch a film? Drink along to a film. Yeah, might might work. So uh, yeah, eight beers in an hour and a half may be a challenge. But yeah, but we're we're, we're up for it. We're up yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the three three films that we're going to put up for you to choose from next time, and what we want you to do is vote on these. So send us a tweet and um, just use the hashtag opinions. Uh, as always and let us know which of these three films you'd like to see us drink along to next time uh, film number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark film number two is The Lost Boys and film number three is Flash Gordon so so let us know which of those three films uh, and that episode should be along uh, probably in the summer in about August I think is about three months on from yeah, there yeah that's what we were talking Isn't about it? Yeah. yeah so so summer edition summer edition yeah so looking forward to that um Mate, I've really enjoyed that. That's been great fun. It has been fantastic. Let's do it it again. Thanks again to Hippo Beers for sending us the box. Yeah, definitely. We are very grateful. Interesting and uh, diverse mix. Yeah, uh, 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 that nails it. I think diversity in terms of the beers that we've drunk, absolutely perfect. Whether we've matched them to the scenes or not and to the film, um, that's up for you to let us know. Yeah, let us know. If you think we've uh, matched them badly, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And and make sure you... um, you hang around for the end to listen to the uh, Thomas F. F. Wilson questions song <laughs> that, that is, a, is, is a little thing to listen to as, yeah, as, you'll as enjoy we it. finish out Sadako. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Quiet, what's Crispin Glover like? Unusual, stop asking me the question. I went to the bar mitzvah of my nephew Josh. Now I'm not Jewish, but I like to nosh. Put on my yarmulke, started to pray. When the rabbi leaned over and I heard him say, Hey, was that real manure? No, it wasn't. How was that DeLorean? A piece of garbage. Do those hoverboards really fly? It's a movie. Stop asking me the question. Can we take your picture? Come on, look mean. Would you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? Questions, questions fill my head. I went to my doctor, my doctor said, what does a key grip do? Set up lights. What does the best boy do? Help the key grip. What does a producer do? I don't know. Stop asking me the question. 
Do you all hang out together? No, we don't. How's Crispin Glover? I never talked to him. Back to the future for not happening. Stop asking me the question. Hey, who's the nicest famous guy? You know Adam Sandler. Who is the biggest jerk? Gary Busey. How much money do you make more than you do? So stop asking me the question. 